How are you guys doing tonight? You guys feeling amazing? Are you ready for the word tonight? Come on, where are my young people at? Let me hear you scream. Come on. Where are my wise people at? Where are the wise people at? Come on, let me hear you scream. Hey, it's a joy and honor and a privilege to introduce Pastor Brandon Cormier, who comes from Tucson, Arizona. He's a great man of God, and I'm, I'm thoroughly in just waiting for God to pour out, not just on our young people, but every single person here. Amen. Because we all need a fresh touch of God on any given day. That's where our hope is. That's where our power is. That's where our strength is. It's in God. So come on, I want you guys to put your hands together as Pastor Brandon comes to our stage. Come on. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Oh, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. Come on, can you just sing that as a prayer? Say, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Yes, I want more. Come on, can you just pray that? Say, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Oh, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. One more time. See, set a fire down in my that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Yeah. See, there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. No place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. Come on, woman, no place I'd rather be. Just lift your hands tonight. 
Holy Spirit, we just say you're welcome in this place. But not only in this place, Lord. We thank you that your word says that you do not seek to dwell in houses that are built by the hands of men. But you're looking for a resting place in the hearts of men and women. And so, Father, we say tonight as sons and daughters, come and take your rest in us tonight. Come and make your abode. Come and make your home on the inside of us, God. Father, we say that we are hungry for you. We say that we need to encounter you tonight. We don't need another conversation with man. We need an interaction and an encounter and an experience with the man, Christ Jesus, and the person of the Holy Spirit. We say we love you for real tonight, Lord. Could you mean the world to us? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your glory, your glory, God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Well, let's just go to that verse. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Come on, has anybody tasted and seen? See, I've tasted and seen. Christ the healer is in this place tonight. 
And I know we're at the start of a youth conference and it's Wednesday night service and all of that. But one of the earmarks of Jesus' ministry, he went around and he would preach and then he would heal and then he would teach and then he would heal and then he'd raise somebody from the dead and then he'd teach a little more and then he'd proclaim the gospel of the kingdom and then he'd you know put 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 ears back on people because Peter took his sword and chopped them off and then he would pray and then he would preach and then he would heal and I just believe that as a generation sons and daughters speaking specifically to teenagers and young adults in this moment that if we are not careful we will go throughout your Christian journey without realizing that something is missing, something has been forgotten. And then we will become fascinated with counterfeit things and witchcraft things and things of the enemy and things that can never satisfy you whenever God says, I have given you. I am all that you need. I am your exceedingly great reward. I'm everything that you can ask or think or imagine or possibly dream up on the inside. I am the fulfillment of every desire on the inside of you. And I just sense tonight, he just wants to heal body, soul, and spirit. We're tripartite in being. You are spirit. You live in a body. You possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And I just sense that the healer, Jesus Christ, is here. And so by faith, even tonight, if there's any sickness or disease in your body, I just want you to lift up your hand to the Lord. And I just want us to press in for a moment here because he's real. And I just sense tonight the Lord wants to come in power and rebuke spirits of sickness and disease and arthritis specifically. I feel like the Lord's just pouring out his healing power even now. If there are cramps in your fingers or other parts of your bodies, lay hands even now. Father, I thank you that you possess the healing balm of Gilead. That is your name. Your name is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you of your diseases and forgives you of your iniquities. I am the Lord, strong and mighty. I am mighty in battle. I am slow to anger, but I am rich in love and I pour out mercy to a thousand generations. I sense the merciful nature of Jesus in this place and out of his mercy, he will heal tonight. If you just believe, if you just believe, so I believe that you're my healer. I believe that you are all I need. Come on, can you just exercise your faith a little bit? And I believe that you're my portion. And I believe you're more than
come on, heart issues, I'll rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Just sing this nothing. So nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing. Come on, can you just begin declaring that over your situation that seems impossible? Your sickness that maybe seems impossible. Come on, do we believe him tonight? Nothing is him. Come on, let faith rise in this house. Let faith rise in this house. tonight there's almost like a convergence taking place pastor there's a stream of prayer and it flows from the head down in this house I sense that I know a house of prayer whenever I walk into one trust me (laughs) there's a stream of prayer but I feel like tonight you guys are worshipers obviously but I feel like that there's something that God's doing that's shifting this house an increasing influence because it's like the stream of prayer. And I see like a picture in the spirit, this stream of worship, where obviously there's worshipers and there's worship and all those different things. But I just feel like in a greater way this year, is this okay? I don't know. I didn't ask you to prophesy over your church. I don't know. But but you told me to have fun. So here I am. (laughs) Where there's like the stream of prayer and the stream of worship just kind of 
converging together. And I just feel this explosion that's about to take place, particularly with this gathering. I don't know if y'all do this every year on Easter, but I just have this sense that there's going to be something different about this Easter gathering, you guys. Those of you who are part of this church, and I just feel impressed to to, to, to challenge you to, to really, these days of prayer, these nights of prayer, there is a harvest of souls in this area. And we are in an hour prophetically. We were just talking about this in our church is a, is a house of prophecy much like yours. And, and it was just kind of spoken that with the transition of Billy Graham going to heaven, there's a, there's a mantle of evangelism, but it's not going to one person. It's going to a generation for all who are hungry in the local church. And I just sense tonight that there's something significant in Wasilla, Alaska, hello, that God is doing in the area of those whom it seemed impossible. Students, classmates who don't want to have anything to do with God. The Lord says if you'll partner with me first in the place of prayer and then open up your mouth and invite people and share the gospel, you are going to be shocked and surprised that people actually want to be free. What a concept. People really don't enjoy their bondage. Living in chains is no longer fun for them. And so I just feel impressed to prophetically speak over you in this house, to press in in a greater way. And as you worship at home, and as you worship on the job, and as you worship on the weekends, and as you worship driving around in your car, there's a convergence of these two rivers, and it's going to be like dunamis, like dynamite, hello, like explosive power. Amen. So I want you to lift up your hands if you receive that tonight. Father, I just released that tonight. I release that word over your sons and your daughters, over your leaders, over your shepherds, over your servants in this house, oh God. And I thank you tonight, Lord, that even in the way of prayer, Father, we thank you that everything starts in prayer. Everything is birthed in the place of prayer. And so, Father, we say yes in a greater way to this reality. And we say it shall be done. It will be so in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we honor you tonight, Father. We honor you tonight, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, in your holy name, amen. You can remain standing. I want to go straight to the scripture. and good. Just kind of keep playing there for me. I want to go straight to John chapter 1. I'll come back and do some intro things, those of you who are on the, uh, on the sides of the media team. But... I'll come back, but I just want to read John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. Because I do feel like there is a word from the Lord tonight. It's a good thing. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. Verse 10, I'll start reading here. It says, he was in the world, of course, talking to talking about Jesus, he being Jesus. Jesus was in the world. And the world came into being through him. Now, yet the world did not know him. 
And this is backing up to John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word and the Word was God, right? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among him. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Son of God, full of grace, full of truth. And so that's the Jesus. That's the context that we're dealing with here in, in John chapter 1. So, so he, he came to what was his own. And his own people did not accept him. God, may that, may that not be said of us. May it not be said whenever he walks in the room, it's like, no, I don't think I want that. I think I want to think about something else. Or, oh, gosh, I got to think about what I'm doing tomorrow. See, how often does he come to his own and his own does not open up their hearts and open up their spirits and open up and receive him? That's a whole nother message. Verse 12, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power. Everybody say power to become children of God. One translation says to become sons of God. Verse 13, I love this. Who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh. That will preach. <laughs> or of the will of man. But of God. There's something powerful Whenever you begin to realize, doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, that you're not here as the result of the will of man or the will of the flesh, but you are here out of the will of God. Doesn't matter how you got here, your mom and dad, does not matter. You're here according to scripture because of the will of the Father. There is a reason. And that will bring so much clarity. That will bring so much healing to your life when you realize that truly I am here on purpose, with purpose. So not today, Satan. You ain't getting the best of me. Not today, co-worker. Not today, friend turned enemy, whoever you are. Not today! Because I realize that I'm here because of the will of God. Amen? Let me pray for you tonight. You can be seated. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide, even between soul and spirit. It is living. It is quick. It is active. It's your word. It's God-breathed. Father, we thank you that your word is powerful and living, inspired in the very heart of God, it is profitable or beneficial for rebuke, for correction, for instruction that the men and women of God in this house tonight may be complete, fully equipped for acts of service and righteousness. God, thank you for your word that you spoke into existence, Lord. We say that our hearts are open and our ears are listening. And I declare that he that has an ear, let him hear with the Spirit of the Lord say to you tonight we thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name and everybody said amen amen it's going to be a good night thank you very much my brother crushed it, exceeded all the expectations and my man Daniel over here is that Daniel Jr. on the drums? come on somebody did you teach your son how to play the drums? I didn't have nothing to do with you it was the will of God not the will of <laughs> Woo! <laughs> well, good evening, everybody. I'm Pastor Brandon. I come to you from 
very not 30 degree weather uh, and climate of Tucson, Arizona. I'm just out there in the desert, literally. Um, before I start tonight, I just want to honor, honor Pastor Daniel, who I just had the privilege of meeting your very passionate, fiery, uh, zealous. I love seeing senior pastors who are still excited about God, who have not forgotten who they were whenever Jesus, it's always funny to me because I think I, we're always talking about like, how do you stay humble and how do we keep pride out of us, blah, blah, blah. But, but here's the deal, it's very simple. You, you just, we, we, we got to fight to remember who we were whenever Jesus found us. And not veer too far from that reality, from that memory. See, I know where I was. I know, I know who I was, right? So whenever songs like, take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I remember worshiping to the sons as a teenager and saying, God, wrap me in your arms. God, love me the way that nobody else can. You know what I'm saying? So thank God for pastors. Can we just honor Pastor Daniel and his wife in their absence tonight? For pastors who believe in the next generation, allow us to come and take over your Wednesday night service. I love Minister David and his beautiful wife and their son Asher. We're so thankful you guys have a gift uh, that God uprooted and took from Maui, then to Seattle, and then brought him here to the frozen tundra of Alaska. You are a blessed church. You're a blessed group of teenagers because I know him. I know his heart. And him and his wife are two of the finest most humble, most passionate people about this generation. And so I honor you tonight. I'm so blessed to be in relationship and know the Morocco family. Dr. Morocco got to meet him about four years ago preaching in, in Maui. And my dear, dear friends, Pastor Shannon and Pastor Josh, in their honor tonight, they're probably doing something. I was just FaceTiming with them earlier today. And so um, I'm just so thankful to be here with you. And thanks for showing up tonight. Um, I am um, so I was born in the deep, deep south of Louisiana where we ain't got snow like this, all right? This is, I'm like, you know, I am Cajun, uh, you know, hot and humid and those kinds of things. And um, <clears throat> moved to Colorado, so the Lord has <laughs> such a funny sense of humor. So in 2011, I left Louisiana. Uh, I was on staff at an amazing church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, called New Life for about five years. And so that's whenever I learned to drive in the snow. No, so don't worry. I'm not going to kill myself or anyone else in my verse. I'm driving around in the snow here in Wasilla. Uh, we've only gotten stuck twice. So, you know, your boy doing fine. Uh, and so, so in Colorado for about five years, uh, just serving on staff in an amazing church, leading a uh, youth and young adult movement, about 6,000 or so teenagers from across the country for five years and conferences and internships. And then about a year and two or three months ago, transitioned to an amazing church, a house of prayer called Victory Worship Center in Tucson, Arizona. And so I have the privilege of overseeing a youth ministry, young adult ministry, internship, college, that kind of thing. And so I'm, um, it's a real big deal to be here with you guys tonight. I want to just show you just by, uh, by way of a couple pictures tonight. I think I got my family uh, because I've been married for eight years this month. Come on. Come on. Look at all this excellence on the screen. <laughs> okay, so my wife is on the right. Her name is Octavia. 
very majestic. Uh, and those are our little girls. The one closest to her is Ryan Nicole, and she just turned five years old just a couple months ago, and, uh, and little Nora Grace. Let's just take a moment, and she is adorable. And she's just everything you think she would be from this picture. Sweet. And then you see how Ryan is like looking down like a little, like she got a little bit of mischief in her. That's her. Like that is, that's her all day. She got her mama's looks and her daddy's personality. And uh, we're still figuring out what's going on with Nora. But um, I'm so blessed. I've been married for eight years uh, to uh, the wonderful Octavia. We met in college, undergrad in Louisiana. And uh, she actually lived in uh, Hawaii for about eight years. And the Lord just moved her from Hawaii to Louisiana just so we could meet. So, uh, so hey, got that favor. All right. <clears throat> so, so I, I mentioned earlier, I, so I live, in, uh, I live in the desert. I moved to Tucson about a year and three months ago. And I just, this is so funny because uh, I, am the, uh, I am the complete opposite. Like, think of animal lovers and then think complete opposite, and then you have me, all right? And so somewhere like beyond that, and so it's just funny, because moving to the desert, like, there are things like scorpions, and, you know, snakes, like, it's a weekly occurrence for people to find snakes, and I'm like, my God, what I'm treading upon, God's word says, we're to tread upon serpents, how could I love, you know what I'm saying, I get real spiritual real quick, and so, so listen, so, but they didn't, <laughs> they told me about these animals, have any of you ever been to Arizona, anybody, anybody, oh, so many, for what, what do y'all do in Arizona, just Vacation. Oh, the warmth, duh. Oh, the, all the little snow ski bunnies or whatever they call it. It's like the snow, winter birds, what is something like that? Snowbirds, snowbirds, yes. I told you, me and animals, it's just, I don't know. So listen, so I had never been to Arizona before, so moving to Arizona, they had told me about these animals called javelinas, okay? And uh, listen, <laughs> listen, Linda, <laughs> listen. There is, um, the, so they told me, like, okay, Brandon, there are these things called javelinas, and it's spelled with a J, you know, like we're you know, 30 minutes from the border, so all these, you know, Spanish words and all that Spanglish, and so it's javelinas, and, and they said, like, just watch out, because they're, like, pretty aggressive, and I'm like, what, what do you mean, aggressive, and how, what can they do? Can they jump in my car? Can they, so this is a, this is a javelina, okay, and you guys, this is uh, <laughs> It's part, listen to this, and I'm not even, these are factual statements. It's part, um, it's part rat and part pig, the species, okay? But it's more rat than it is pig, so like you can't eat it or anything. So it's not like, oh, this is just a little hog and I can kill it and make bacon, you know? Thank God for bacon. And so, but, so this, I think there's another picture, because this, maybe if you think they're cute and cuddly, this is who they are, okay? <laughs> this is who they are. So last year, yes. So I'm like, listen, I ain't trying to die in the desert due to javelina bites. So I'm coming back. This is about six months ago. I'm coming back from a ministry trip and um, getting dropped off at my house. And the windows are down because, you know, it's always hot in Tucson. So we're driving. It's about 11 o'clock at night. And we are pulling up to our house. And I see this horde, this family of little animals. And so I'm like, what? What? So I roll down the window, and I'm looking, and it's like seven javelinas, okay? And so you just have to know me. Like, you don't know, but I'm just telling you, I am that guy. I'm like, if rats, roaches, snakes, I'm like, er, like, peace. Like, I, I can't. Listen, I was raised with humans. I, I just, I don't, I can't relate. I can't, I just can't relate. It's just not who I am, okay? And so, so listen, I'm like, 
oh, Jesus, like, well, how am I going to get in my house? Like, I'm just not that, I'm not about to chase them. I'm not about to try to save them. None of those things. Um, I say that because there's people in my neighborhood, every time that they find a snake, they're like, don't kill it. Like, snakes are God's creatures. And I'm like, mm. and the only good snake is a dead snake. <laughs> you know, the only, a headless snake is on. And so, like, literally, so they'll get, we have, like, a Facebook group. Y'all, I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish I brought some of the posts. Moving into this day. Moving into this neighborhood, let me just pause for a second. Moving into this neighborhood, we have like this Facebook page, and it is drama. Okay, so if you know if we live next next to each other, it's like, hey, you know, would you move your car? And then somebody else, y'all, it's like their children, and these are 40, 50, 60 year old grown people. This, you know, and so I'm just got my popcorn. I'm just watching, like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like, what's gonna pop off next? You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just living my life. Okay, so we're back up. But anytime somebody finds a snake, it's like, all right, we're gonna kill the snake. And then we have the little animal lovers come and they get on the post. They're like, no, we need to, we're in their territory. We, you know, we built homes in their in their neighborhood. And I'm like, listen, you yeah, uh, you're doing too much. And so they'll come like, oh, we need to call animal control have the snake put in a box take it six miles away I'm like for them to return what like no you didn't see David trying to send Goliath away no he took off his head come on somebody and so I ain't playing with you and so <laughs> so anyways back to Havelina night so I is it's like seven of them y'all I'm not kidding so along comes because there's always that one neighbor right and he's on his little bicycle <laughs> And he's got a little flashlight, and he's got a stick, and he's like, bring, bring, you know, just driving on his bicycle, just, you know, go with me. And he's, the window's down, so he's like, hey, hey, don't get out of your car, you know? And, of course, he's white, because white people love animals. I don't know, whatever. And so I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, honestly, you know, just own it, okay? And so it's fine. I'm thankful. I am thankful to have lots of white neighbors, because I'm serious. I called. I'm like, hey, can you come? Because there's snakes, and listen. And they're like, all right, here we go. Like, they love it. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I am honestly thankful. I'm sorry. And so so they he comes and he's passionate. I mean, he is, it is his duty. I mean, he is, don't touch the animals. He got you, you know? So he comes and he literally, y'all, he comes with, with a stick. He's like, just stay in your car. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm just I'm gonna stay here. So he hurts me and he's like, no, for real. And I'm uh, he's like, um, don't engage with them because they are aggressive. Like they will circle up and attack you. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I was gonna sleep in this car if I had to. I ain't playing for <laughs> but this thing is the size of my child. And so so we have we have javelinas, you know, that kind of thing. But then also, um, I didn't realize whenever they said desert, like it gets hot, I'm like, all right, you know, hot. Like I'm from Louisiana. So, you know, you know, it's, we get to a hundred and it's like, but the humidity, I mean, you get out of your car and you walk to your house and you're dripping with sweat. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. Okay. June, it was, go with me, 117 degrees for six days in a row. Y'all, planes couldn't even fly. Wheels start melting off of cars on the interstate. I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. So uh, trucks driving down the interstate, their wheels start melting off. I'm like, what? Where are we? What is this? This is the gates of hell. Like, what is is happening? And so 
So listen, so there, it was hot. So the best way I could describe it, I brought a video because if I, if I could have made the video, I would have. But, but this young lady did it so much better. So just take a look at this. Make sure the volume's, make sure the volume's up or it's going to be There's up. a dust storm out here. And it's still 6 billion degrees. Lord, I want to ask you why. Why today? Why is Satan winning this battle, this war? We're gonna, we gonna come together, everybody, and rebu rebuke the devil in Arizona. We need prayer. We need everybody to come together, and we need everybody to pray. I don't care what state you in. I don't care what degrees you have in. Arizona needs some prayer. Arizona needs some help, cause it's hot. It's hot and some of us can't take it no more. You see this wind? You see my shirt flopping around? It's still hot out here. And I still gotta walk. Lord, we need you. We need you. Y'all, that is the cry of my soul. <laughs> I'm telling you. That is what my spirit was crying out. Y'all, June, 117 degrees. I mean, you get in your car and you're just like, everything's so hot. Like, what is, how is this possible? It's like living in an oven. And then they try to tell you, well, it's a dry heat. And I'm like, listen. You're going to sit in an uh, oven is dry. It's literally like living in an oven in June. But I am thankful because December, January, February, March, we Gucci. We good because it's like 82 degrees right now. So I thank God. But just the month of June is pretty incredible, pretty amazing. So that is where I'm from. I thought it would be a little bit helpful <clears throat> for you uh, just as a prayer point selfishly whenever June rolls around. And y'all living y'all best life here in, uh, in Wasilla. What's the temperature in June in Wasilla? 60-something. And that's good. Everybody enjoys the 60s? That's what's up. So while you're, while you're living your best life in 60-degree weather in June, just throw one up for your boy. <laughs> throw, one up. throw one up to the big man upstairs. So, so tonight, I want to talk to you tonight about um, concept. I'll be with you a couple days, and, and um, I'm so thankful. As I was praying for, praying for you, there's this idea that I feel like the Lord really wants to impart into your spirit, into your, into your hearts. <clears throat> like I said, I grew up in Louisiana. I have a brother. He's 10 years older than I am, and uh, so his name is Kevin. Uh, we are opposites on every end of the spectrum. If you saw him saw me, met him, met me, you're like, oh, your brothers? Yeah, we, we are. And so, I mean, he was, he grew up all-star athlete. I was like having microphones singing, you know, he played football, basketball, track. He was amazing. Uh, he went off to the Marine Corps um, and he, <laughs> he <laughs> while he was in, while he was in the Marines, because there was no way that he would do this uh, because my daddy don't play. And so he got a tattoo like me against the world, you know, Tupac Shakur, you know, and that, he just lived that whole life. And, and, but there was this moment, it was about four or five years ago where we, me and my brother were talking and he just said, um, you know, Brandon, before you were born, like as seven, eight, nine year old, like I prayed for God to like send me a sibling. Like I, my life was just so boring. It was just me and mom and dad. And, and I prayed for you. I prayed that God would send me a, a younger, a younger sibling, a younger brother. And I remember whenever he, whenever he shared this with me, it was actually a text message that, that he had sent. Um, it just did something for my heart because 
Uh, I'm like, could you have known that whenever you were like 15 and torturing me? Like I just, the worst childhood, just pray for me. Um, and, and, but it, it was like all water in the bridge because he, he just said, there was just something from my heart like, ah, that's so good. Because I think deep down on the inside of every single one of us, there's an old, I don't listen to a lot of country, but there's this one old country song. It's like, I want to make you feel wanted. And whatever came out like years ago, I'm like, man, that, like I think that every single one of us want to be wanted, right? Nobody likes rejection. Nobody's like going through their day, oh, I hope 10 people reject me today. I hope nobody responds to my text message, to my Instagram post. Like, I'm going to post, and gosh, I hope nobody likes my picture. Like, nobody does that. You know what I'm saying? And so I think for every single one of us, there's this desire. I think that it was God placed, like, you know, on the inside of us to, like, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm desired here. I am I'm, I'm wanted here. See, every single one of us have a want to be wanted. And, and so I think... The ultimate crisis within youth and, and, and young adult culture lies within this deep craving and desire because we will do anything to fill that void. So we'll do things like give our bodies away, give our hearts away, give our time and our attention to something or someone that God has had never designed or destined for us to, to do or give away. But it's like I just, I need somebody to want me. There's an old show called Cheers years ago, and it was like, you know, where everybody knows your name. Everybody wants to be somewhere. Where somebody just knows me. Somebody wants me around. And, and if we don't settle this, if we don't get this revelation, if we don't come to this concept, and it's not necessarily an age thing because I've met 40-year-olds, I've met 50-year-olds who are still going through life looking for someone to fill the void of being wanted. And they discovered that a marriage can't do it or a degree can't do it or a certain amount of money just will not fill the void on the inside. That's why whenever we sing zones like I've tasted and seen that straight out of the scripture taste and see that the Lord is good because once you experience and once you encounter him there's something on the inside of you that he can do for you that no one else can just quite satisfy amen and so so I think on the inside of us every single one of us have this this desire to be to be wanted I want to be wanted and so in the scripture Verse 10, he was in the world, Jesus was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own. The world did not know him. Now, there's a very loose meaning. It's no, this, this, this Greek word is actually gnosko, and, and, and it's so much more than just no. It's like he came to his own. Jesus came to the world that he created. He came to the people that he, that, that he literally created. He, 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 he knelt down into dust and, and formed it and, and got down on his knees and got his hands dirty and, and literally breathed into us the, the, the breath of life, the ruach, the spirit of God, the breath of God, and man became a living soul. He came to us. I think it's so profound that whenever God was creating, he spoke everything else into existence, but whenever it came time to create humanity, he says, I will create you a little bit differently because I've only made you a little bit lower than the angels and so I'm not just going to speak you into existence I'm literally going to get my hands dirty and form you into and breathe into you I'm going to come face to face with you because that's always been his desire 
You would walk in relationship face to face with the God of the ages. But some kind of way we have chosen to trade the truth for a lie that we need someone else to fill that void. And God is saying here and now tonight, I need a face-to-face encounter with you because I want to change you for the better forever. Amen? And so, so whenever he goes to create us, he forms us and he, and he fashions us. And, and his desire is that we would know him but is so much more than an intellectual knowledge. If whenever you know someone, your your heart is moved by that person. You like you think you know me, but you don't know me, homie. Like you don't know me the way that my wife knows me, the way that my children know me, the way that my mom and dad know me. This closeness, this intimacy. God says, "This is what you were created for: to be in fellowship, to be in communion, to be in this deep friendship with Him." With me, and so and so, especially in the Jewish context, it had to do even with a with with, with like sexually, like the the highest level of intimacy and closeness. So the idea is an intimate knowledge of who God is and walking in closeness with Him. Verse twelve says this, but to all who received Him, who believed in His name, He gave power to become children of God. There is a vast difference between admiring God and actually believing in God, believing in Jesus. And I think what often happens, especially as young people speaking to, speaking to the young people in the place tonight, that we can be around God a lot and somehow confuse that with a real knowledge of God. And, and so we can kind of be like one of the parables that Jesus references, like the coin that was like lost in the house. And, and that's a whole nother message. Like you can literally be in the house and be lost. Like you're just in there like with some kind of way you got lost. Like you, you know, and but but this idea that, you know what, <clears throat> God's coming after you, especially after these next in these next several days. And he's coming with reason and he's coming with purpose Because just as real as God is, it's so imperative to understand this, that you have an enemy. And that Jesus said, let me make it crystal clear, the thief comes to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. And I remember growing up hearing that verse, I'm like, steal, kill, and destroy. My God, like, what is happening? Like, why do you want to kill me and destroy me? Like, aren't I destroyed after you kill me? But it's like, no, no, no. Like, there's just so much more. He, I mean, he not only wants to end your life, he wants to destroy your legacy. He wants to make a fool of you. He wants to strip you of every good thing in your life and then turn around and make a spectacle of you in front of everyone. He wants to shame you and embarrass you. He has nothing good in store or planned for your life. So Jesus comes and says, so choose life. Like, I have a better way. I'm offering you abundant life. But this life is one that is fully surrendered to Jesus. And I guess that's the real discussion. That's the real challenge tonight. Are we living a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus? Because whenever Jesus says things like, follow me, it doesn't mean that it's just going to be roses. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, there are challenges that, are, that you're going to face. And people are going to reject you. And people are going to make all those things, whatever. But there's a resolve on the inside 
that says, I finally found what I've been looking for. And I couldn't find it in social media likes or followers. And I couldn't find it in this boy or this girl or any combination of both. Or I, I couldn't find it in that habit or that activity or that sports or athletic club. I could only find it in him. I've been pondering a lot about this. I was just speaking to our high schoolers this past Sunday night about real joy. Real joy is not, it's not determined by the superficial. It's rooted in the supernatural. And so this idea of, okay, as long as things are going well, like I'll serve the Lord, but like the minute, you know, my parents divorced, peace, I'm out. Or the minute that something goes wrong in my family, peace, I'm out. Like I didn't sign up for this. But Jesus says, if you're a real follower of me, you'll follow me through the good, the bad. You'll follow me through the valley, but you'll also follow me up to the mountains because listen to me well, young people, the valleys don't last always. Your valley will not always last. I want to speak to you because Sometimes as, as, as parents even, we, sometimes we, we, we miss this idea that, you see, whenever something is real to you, it's real. Like, if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal. Like, don't tell me that it's not a big deal. Whatever these things are, and I know we could be overdramatic and blah, 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 blah. But if you feel like your world's falling apart, your world's falling apart. And so you don't need somebody to say, well, just get over it. It's like, no, no, no. We serve a God who enters into the pain of where we are, and he sits with us. And he offers hope and he offers healing. Does that make sense? So I just want to validate some of that in your guys' life. Because why? Because you're wanted. See, once you know that you know that you know that he desires you, whenever people reject you, you like, bye, Felicia. I didn't need you anyway, you know, so bye, you know, because, because, because listen, ever people like people exit your life. And, and sometimes if we're, if we're not, if you're not careful, you can have, you can have your whole identity built in a relationship or a friendship or an activity or whatever. And the moment that re- someone rejects you, it's like your whole world falls apart. But whenever you know that the king wants me, that God desires me, that God calls me. And this is what I love about God. He not only calls me, but he calls me by my name. He knows you by name. And in the Hebraic or the Hebrew understanding of name, it's so much more powerful. It's more than just Adam or Brandon or Joe or whatever your name is. He knows you by your intimate nature and characteristics because he put it on the inside of you. So whenever he calls you, he calls destiny forth in your life. He says, come forth, singer. Come forth, worship leader. Come, you know what I'm saying? Come forth, artist. Come forth. Whatever it is that you, he knows you by your name and he calls you by your name. See, growing up, my teenage years, it was, it was, this was a revelation to me. Because I thought the more good things that I did for God, that somehow that equated to like the more that God would love me. And then the moment that I would mess up, it's like, oh God, I hope you don't send any lightning bolts down. I'm going to take a few, few days, get my act together, and then I'll, then I'll come back. And, and, you know, because God knows like you don't love sinners, right? But no, of course you do because John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But these, this reality, it just, it wasn't, it was not mine. I did not own it. It took me years to come to this place of owning it. God will never listen to me well. God will never love you more than he loves you right now. And he'll never love you less than he loves you 
right now. And it is religious spirits and devils and demons that would try to convince you otherwise because it puts you in this race of trying to earn his love or trying to earn his favor. Whenever he says, I've already paid the price. I have already, the, my, I have, it has been forever established and settled both in the heavens and in the earth. In the power of his word, he's chosen to love you and he's chosen to love you forever. My good friends, Corey, Asbury, and Caleb Culver, whenever they wrote this song called Reckless Love, this was the idea. We were working together, serving together in, in Colorado, and this, this song began to come out of them like, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. He's reckless in his love because he's risked everything. And we're over here struggling, wondering, like, should I take a risk on God? Well, he took a risk on you. Are you kidding me? He sent his son down to die on the cross. And it's like, I don't know what these people are going to do. But, I mean, he does know everything because he's God. He knows the end of the thing before the, he, know, he stands at the end and he speaks to the beginning. But in this, in, from, a, from a human mindset, it was like, there will be some that are going to reject me. But, but I still choose you. He's still chosen you. Can I just remind you that you are plan A for your generation, and there is no plan B. You are plan A for all of your friends that do not know God, and there is no plan B. You're plan A for your school campuses. You're plan A for your, for your college campus. You're plan A for your workplace, and there is no plan B. And the moment that you realize that God wants you not because of what he can get out of you, but he desires and he wants you simply because you're made in his image and in his likeness. The sooner you realize that and that revelation strikes your heart, you'll begin to live a little bit differently. You will begin to understand now why it is a, why, why, why the longer you walk with God, you actually, it doesn't, like this love for him doesn't fade. I just remember being like a teenager, just like, oh, Brandon, like, calm down. Like, you're just doing too much. And I'm like, whatever, God's been good to me. Like, I'm going to just keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on praising. You know what I'm saying? And so in, the, in your 20s, you're, it's like, all right, when are you going to get over the little youth thing? And, you know, and it's just like, no, like, God, this is what God has called me to do. And I will always be a worshiper because this is where I started. And so this is where I started. And that's where I want to finish. See, God has been so good to me. You just don't realize where he has brought me from. And in the most painful seasons of life, in some of the most challenging moments, he was there. He was there. And I want to speak to many of you who are in a similar season, in a similar position, where you have things going on and transpiring in your life. And the enemy would love for you to believe the lie that God has overlooked you that God does not desire you, that God himself rejects you. It's not true. It's a lie. And if you could just move yourself, dare to believe and take a risk and trust, God wants me tonight. God's coming after you tonight. And he's coming after you by name because he's a God who sees you and he's a God who knows you. That changes everything. It was early in my 20s whenever I got this revelation for real. And it was like, oh, God, like, for real? You, I mean, like, whenever people get tired of me and get exhausted, I mean, God can wear people out, you know. And he's like, you, you know, I, I never get tired of you. I never get tired of you. He never gets exhausted with you. He never grows tired of hearing your voice. 
We're going to be talking about prayer over the next couple of days, too. This whole idea of all afresh, it starts with a divine revelation of who God is that will lead to a divine revelation of who you are. That's what Acts 2 is about. That It was a preparation period. It was people waiting until, they, until God's purpose time, but they were waiting and intentional in the upper room. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit shows up, the sound as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house, and all of these things that happened. But there was a precursor to it. It was people waiting and praying, saying, God, we're just so desperate for you because we've tried everything else. Maybe you're in a position where you are trying everything else or you have tried everything else and you're finally starting to realize that it just won't work. It just won't work. It's temporary. It really is temporary. I was just talking to a young person the other day at my church and this young guy and just struggling like and you would just never know it because he's got, you know, we, we learned pretty early to, to put on masks, I think, uh, in church. And, and here's the deal that I've learned about God. Here's what I learned about him, Pastor. He'll never heal what, what, what we don't reveal. Okay, he'll never heal that which we are hell bent on concealing. So as long as you try to hide it, it's like, okay, you can hide it or you can have him heal it, but you can't have both. And so I'm talking to this young man after a youth service and I'm just I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? Whatever. He's, you know, carries, you know, he's just that that guy like, all right, like country and I'm going to the military. I love God's guns and girls. And, you know, just that whole like mindset. He's like rallying for gun, whatever. And so he's but 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 see, that's one side of him. But but then the other side is he's been struggling with this secret homosexual addiction that nobody would ever know. Because he was violated whenever he was younger. And he went to his parents or he went to his mom to try to tell her. And then she said, oh, that's, you're just crazy, whatever. So he internalized it. And so now every time he's, every time he's, he, 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 to avoid this, this homosexual thing, then he goes and sleeps with a girl to kind of normalize himself. And this has been his world for the last six years. And he's 17 years old. And he wants to go to the military next year whenever he graduates high school. And he's like, he's got this whole secret world taking place. And so we're texting back and forth just the other night. And he's like, I'm just, it's tired. I was like, it, it, it gets tiring, right? Like, it's pretty tired whenever you are pretending to be someone you're not. But here's the thing that I've learned about God. You never have to pretend to be something that you're not because you're already what he wants. Because you're wanted tonight. Amen. I'm going to wrap this thing up. So, so the big idea, God wants you, God desires you. To all who believe, verse 12, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Belief is not authentic until actions are aligned. Belief is not authentic. It's not real until there is some evidence of change in your behavior. It is systematic. It's slow. It's step by step. It's one foot after the other. It's, man, I'm coming after Jesus today, and I, I still got junk going on in my life, but I know he loves me, and I love him, and I'm his servant today. I am his, you see what I'm saying? I'm his vessel today. And so two Greek words, two Greek words for authority in, in the sense of in the New Testament. Now, these two words, one is dunamis, and one is exousia, and I won't get into all the details of it, but, but here's the deal. Once you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you then begin a journey of learning to exercise your authority over the devil. So one of the lies that the enemy tries to put in your heart is that you can never truly be a son or a daughter of God. That you're not wanted, that you're rejected, that you're forsaken, 
I want the worship team to come tonight as we just kind of pray to wrap this up. African-American history, slavery. See, though President Abraham Lincoln had ended slavery with the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, right, in 1863. The slaves in Texas had no knowledge of their freedom until two and a half years later, right? So June 19th, 1865, these Union soldiers arrived in Galveston and declared the end of the Civil War with General Granger reading aloud a special decree that ordered the freeing of some 200,000 slaves. In the 200,000 African Americans still living under slavery two years after this Emancipation Proclamation had been stated because they did not Because we just didn't know. We just, nobody, like, well, nobody's ever put it like that before. I've never actually, you mean I can be free? You mean I can actually believe what it is that God says about me? Everything you hear passes through the filter of what you believe. You act the way you act because you believe what you believe. You say the things that you say because you believe. that it is contingent upon the good things that you can do for him or do you realize that if I if you never did anything else for God he loves you and he calls you by your name because for too long you've been going by another name you've been going by the name of law you've been going settled to live in the name of, 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 you know, I just, I can't, I can't, I, 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 I can't measure up, I'm not good enough, I can't, I can't just, and it's this different name, and the Father would say over to you, who told you that? Kind of like he came to Adam and Eve in the garden, say, who told, who told you, who told you that? When did you start believing that? When did you start believing that you can't live a holy life as a teenager? When did you start believing that just because everybody else is doing something, somehow you've got to get in the flow because this is where you live or this is your reality. When did you start believing that the God of the ages could not break into your reality and change everything and cause it to work for your good and his glory? Who told you that? We've got to expose and break it for what it is tonight. He's for you. says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of who Jesus Christ is. Just by your very creation, you are prophetic by design.
because you originated not in your mother's womb or not whenever your mom and dad came together. You actually originated in the mind of God. He spoke you into existence and then circumstances took place to bring you into the earth. You have destiny. You have purpose on your life. If you could just wake up and realize that I'm wondering what God could do in your school, in your city, in your community you stand to your feet tonight because this is the heart of God, Hosea chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt. But the more I called him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to images of Baal and burning incense to idols. And I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand that he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along my ropes of kindness and love and I lifted the yoke from his neck and I myself stooped to feed him but since my people refused to return to me they'll return to Egypt be forced to serve war will swirl through their cities their enemies will crash through their gates they'll destroy them verse 7 says for my people are determined to desert me they call me the most high but they don't truly honor me oh how can I give you up how can I let you go my heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. No, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy you. For I am God and not a mere mortal. I'm the Holy One living among you. And I will not come to destroy you. For someday the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion. And when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west. Like a flock of birds, they'll come from Egypt trembling like doves, they'll return and I will bring them home again says the Lord this is who our God is every head bowed, every eye closed tonight here's the question tonight have you believed, have you truly believed, are you currently believing, have you Have you? are you walking in your authority your identity as a son or a daughter or have you believed lies from the enemy tonight have you believed lies from the enemy tonight? Every head bow, every eye closed. Maybe you're just in a place where you just didn't know. Like you, you thought you knew, but you didn't. Like you thought you were believing truth, but you were believing a lie. Like you thought that you had to earn it. You thought that you had to. Oh my gosh, this idea that God is actually for me. It's doing something in my heart tonight. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hands very quickly to the Lord in a response to Him. Come on, you're not responding to me. I just want you to respond to Him tonight because He's for you. And He says, whenever you respond to me, good things happen. Freedom can enter your heart and your mind. You need to surrender everything to Jesus. If that's you, just lift up your hands where you are. God's for you tonight. Their hands lifted. I just want you to say, Jesus, I just surrendered. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. And I ask that you would forgive me for believing the lies of the enemy. Tonight I am accepted by the blood of your son, Jesus. And tonight I pray that you would reveal truth to me. 
Holy Spirit, come even now. Just a few minutes. If your hands were lifted, I just want you to step out from where you are and just come to this altar and have a moment with the Lord. Come on, this is your freedom night. This is your liberty night. This is your healing night. Come on, the Lord says, what you conceal, I won't heal. Come and, 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 and encounter him and allow him to touch your life. Come on, come quickly. Come on, come quickly. Father, pour out your love even now in the name of Jesus. Break every lie from the enemy. Come on, come close, come quickly. We don't have a lot of time. God, I pray that even now you break every lie of the enemy. I pray that you would expose it. Counter the lies with the love of God tonight. For your sons and your daughters, I say, let revelation strike every single heart tonight, Lord Jesus. Come on, just have a moment with him. Lift up your hands. If there's altar workers who want to move out and step out and pray, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every lie of the enemy, every false thing believed, we say go even now in the name of Jesus.
forbid this would be your last night breathing and if it was do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that's that's anybody would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life he gave us the right to become children of God to as many as believed on him believing is repentance and receiving believing that he exists that he came that he died in your place and you receive him through repentance. That's how you become part of the family of God, not just because you're breathing. 
It's because you believe that he died and he rose again and you ask him to forgive you and to come into your heart to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place, if that's you. You've never given your heart to Jesus and you want to do that tonight for the first time. Or perhaps you've given your heart to the Lord and you drifted and you want to come home. You want to sell out. You want to stop living a lie. You want to stop compromising. You want to give Him your whole heart. On the count of three, if you fit in any of those categories, or maybe thirdly, you're just not sure. You feel like the enemy lies to you. You're just not sure you're saved, but you, you want to be sure. You fit in any of those categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Those online, those here in the congregation. Number two, you want to recommit because you drifted and you're not on fire like you used to be. You don't need to come home. Or number three, you just want to be sure all across this place, every head bowed, people praying. You say, that's me, Pastor. Count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Do it now. Lift your hand if you're serious. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift your hand high, unashamed. God bless you. God bless you. See that hand. Thank you. God bless you. I see that hand, sweetheart. I see that hand. Son, lift your hand high over on this right side. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand there. Oh, I see that hand. I see those hands there, there, there. Over on this side again. Anybody else want to raise your hand? You serious about getting right with God? All right. Pray this with me right out loud. Whether you raised your hand or you're not, but you, you know. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Break every chain. Every bondage, every curse, every lie, and use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. All across this place, lift your hands in surrender to God. Holy Spirit, come upon these right now. Holy Spirit, fill and touch. Lord, release your power to live the life. Liberate people. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, believe that He'll fill you right now. And if you are, come on, lift your voice and pray in your heavenly language. Let the Lord fill you. Coming forth from your, your innermost being, sounds and syllables will pray through you. Release your power, release your fire. Holy Spirit, fill these now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, for a moment longer, lift your voice. Pray in your heavenly language or ask God to fill you. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, sing it again. Sing it again with all your heart. With everything you got. There's no shadow you won't. 
won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down coming after me. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for God. Come on, say with me, say, I am God's plan A. Come on, say, I am God's plan A. Put your hands together one more time. You, if you'd return to your seats, please, would you kindly return to your seats? Powerful word, powerful word. We're going to bless our guests as we do. It's our custom here take up an offering, an honorarium love offering for him. Ushers, would you help us out, please? Amen. Wow. I just want to register for the youth conference myself. I feel 18. I might as well. Great word. What a great word. What a great word. Wow. The Lord must love us a whole lot. Send somebody with an anointing, passion, fire like that. It's not too late to register for the conference. You can do it tonight. Isn't that right, Minister David? Wonderful. Starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Registration opens. Wonderful. Yep, night services are open to anybody. Okay, we'll be right here. So you're like, well, I'm, I want to come at night. No lie. Isn't that the truth? You know, when I, when I first got, I'm, I guess I'm still the same way, but when I first got said, you couldn't keep me out of church no how. It was the biggest party in town, and I just couldn't wait to, couldn't wait to get touched by the Lord. I couldn't wait to rush the altar and have somebody lay hands on me and experience his power and his love. You couldn't keep me out of this. I'm still the same way. I'm hooked. I'm fixed. I'm, I'm done. I'm over, over the top. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Isn't he so good? We've got wonderful guest speakers in the morning. I'll be preaching to y'all and youth on hell Friday morning. I'm just kidding. I'm not sure yet. I'm still seeking the Lord. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great conference. Ushers, would you come, please? You're making out a check. Make it out to KC. You can certainly give through our online secure giving. If you haven't downloaded the app, you go ahead and do that. Check us out on Facebook. Check out the Instagram. Amen. Get on your social media. Invite people. Let's pack this place. We've got extra chairs. We'll fill it out. Come on, signs, wonders, miracles. All the night services are open to anybody who wants to come. The days are closed for those uh, that are older than 18 and haven't registered, right? All right, good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of this uh, firebrand, prophetic voice, a millennial with an anointing. God, how encouraging. So encouraged by that. Bless him. Multiply this offering many times over, Lord, not only to him, but also to the giver. And thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you've done. We love you. Thank you for sending your servant to us, God, over these next days. May he be mightily blessed because of refreshed in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Before his 
up on your feet. Sing to it. Before I took a breath, you breathe your life in me. You have been so, so tonight. Wonderful. Come on, put your best hand, clap together for God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Wonderful. So don't miss any of the things that are taking place. Make sure you register your youth. Come on, if you, if, if you put them in hockey camp, it's wonderful. Put them in God camp. Put the money in God camp. Some people will spend hundreds of dollars on a prom dress and not invest one thing into their, into the Thousands on prom dresses? Really? It's only 70 bucks. What a deal. Maybe we should bump it up. You spend thousands of dollars on prom dresses? Wow. It's just crazy to me that we might do something like that, but not invest in a, in a youth camp or a, child, a children's camp or put them in a conference like this. You know, I'm all for skiing, having fun, spring break, all that. But I mean, how much fun is it 20 years from now, you didn't get a solid foundation, and you end up all jacked up in a messed up marriage, and your kids are messed up, and everything's messed up. You, listen, you, you got to drink from a fire hydrant this week, and your life will be changed. Amen? Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people, cause your face to shine upon us, O oh God. Lift up your countenance towards us, be gracious to us, keep us. Give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Be a part of the everything that's taking place. Ladies, be sure to register for the women's conference. We love you. God bless you. Praise the Lord.